welcome to the Antioch Christian Fellowships Podcast, otherwise known as the NACF Podcast. Today we have a little something different. We actually have a double feature for you. First up, we have Pastor Parson with Why Gather. Then we have Pastor Sharonda Manor Foster with Why Protests. Two seemingly different messages, but they both coincide to tell one story. Amen. And so you're going to get a double header today just to welcome you back. This is welcome back uh, day. And so I'm going to talk to you for a little bit and then uh, we're going to go into worship. And then Pastor Sharonda is actually her day. Um, but I wanted to uh, address you all since we're coming back. And so I'm just going to give you a little bit and then we're going to bring her on. And she's going to give you the full message today. So I'm gonna, this is going to be a little chopped up. But Hebrews chapter 10, let me talk fast. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 through 25. Then Matthew uh, chapter 18, verse 19 through 20. And since we are back in church, let's stand in reverence to the reading of the word of God this morning. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let's read together. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another onward, on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Matthew 18, verse 19. Again, truly I tell you. That if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Our topic this morning, we're talking about why. This is one why for you. Why gather? Why gather? Why gather? People aren't coming back to church, some say. They love hanging out at home with their pajamas on on Sunday morning. They like going to Facebook and YouTube and searching for what I call a piece together tailor-made worship experience. What's a piece together tailor-made virtual worship experience? It's, it's you do it like this. I don't like this praise team, but I like the preacher. So I'm going to do the preacher, skip their praise team, but I, I don't like the sermon on this one. And so, but I like the music, so I'm going to get my music from this church, and then I'm going to get my preaching from the other church. But I like the pre-recorded ones, and so the pre-recorded ones are more, are more professional, so I'm going to do the pre-recorded. But, but somebody else said, I like the raw and the live. They're more powerful when you get it raw and live. And, 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 and other people say, I like choosing my time to go to church because somebody is out eating breakfast, eating lunch right now, and you're not going to see this till 6 o'clock tonight. Because I like choosing my time to go to church. Somebody said, I like sleeping in and I won't miss anything. I can sleep in. I can do anything I want to all day and I won't miss anything. I like Bible study without leaving my house. I can have Bible study. I never have to leave my house. This is a Burger King religion at its best. For the last three months, we've had Burger King religion at its best. I can have it my way, my time, and to my taste. We've had three months without the stress of gathering. We've had three months with no accountability. We've had three months of not having to shower, shampoo, shine, or show up. We, 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 we've had, uh, so, so they say people aren't coming back to church. And why should they? Social media is the wave of the future, and the future is now. 
So as we enter the process of reopening our churches, as we slowly begin to meet again in face in face to face in our community groups, I had to ask the question myself, Amber, I had to ask God, why gather? Because we know why they're going back together at the beauty shop. That was my first stop. We know why you're going back to the casino. We know why they're going back together at the gym, why they're going to be gathering at that stadium. Because all of those places offer something that you can't get at the same level at home. But why come back to church? Why gather? Well, y'all, there's something about gathering in large crowds that I learned from COVID-19. Y'all want, want to hear what I, stuff I learned from COVID-19? We learn that when something is contagious, it spreads faster through large gatherings. Yes, COVID has taught us how to spread something. And it taught us how to stop the spread. We found out that it's, you spread it through touch. It spreads through the air. It spreads through large gatherings. It, it can be left on surfaces. It spreads to people that have low immune systems. It stresses to the vulnerable populations. We found out that your pre-existing condition increases the severity of your response. We found out that COVID didn't care who you were, didn't care if you were white, black, rich, poor, male, female, famous, or obscure, first world or third world. It had no problem spreading all over the world to anybody who was open to getting it. But we also learned how to stop the spread. Social isolation. Washing your hands. Disinfecting. Social distancing. Quarantine. Shelter in place. Kill the germs or keep a germ to yourself until it dies. Well, my brothers and sisters, the gospel is contagious. The truth of God is contagious. The love of God is contagious. The spirit of God is contagious. So we need to gather together because there's something in me you need to catch. And there's something in you I need to catch. And how do we spread it? We spread it through touch. We spread it through the, by putting it in the air. We spread it through large gatherings. We can leave it on surfaces. Where my blessed oil people? You can leave it on surfaces. Where my track people? You can leave it on surfaces. And we found out if you got a low immune system. In other words, that's somebody that the fallow ground has already been broken up. Jesus said it like this. The harvest is white. It's white and ready to harvest. And so there's somebody who has a low immune system to the gospel. There's some vulnerable populations because of what they've been through, because their money is funny, because they need hope, because they've been depressed. There's some vulnerable populations that can get this thing if we spread it. And your pre-existing condition increases the severity of your response. If you got a pre, somebody got a pre-existing sin condition, somebody got a pre-existing mental condition, somebody got a pre-existing hurt position, and that, that your, your pre-existing condition before you hear this gospel will increase the severity of your response. And the gospel don't care who you are. It don't care if you're white. It don't care if you're black. It don't care if you're rich. It don't care if you're poor. It don't care if you're male. It don't care if you're female. It don't care if you're famous. It don't care if you're obscure. It don't care if it's the first world or if you're in the third world. The gospel has no problem spreading all over the world to anybody that's open to it. Oh, but there's a way to stop the spread. Social isolation. Washing your hands of it. 
I heard the word. I got it on Sunday, but then I washed my hands of it. I disinfected it with my sin and my fleshliness. I do social distancing. I, I haven't shared it with anybody. I've been social distancing. I've been quarantined. I've sheltered in place. Haven't shared it with nobody. I, I either kill the germ of the gospel, I've killed the seed of the gospel, or I just kept it to myself till it died. But my beloveds, we got to see ourselves as essential workers. Our job and our purpose is to spread the gospel, to spread the truth, to spread the power, to make disciples and all the other things that pertain to the kingdom. And one good way, it's not the only way, Rev, but one good way to spread this gospel, to spread the love of God and the power of God is to gather together. Jesus was a proponent of being together. He knew, he knew that he could heal without being there. He knew he could speak a word in one place and heal people in another place. He did it more than once. And if he wanted to tell you something without being there, God can just get in your dreams and tell you everything you needed to know. So in spite of the fact that he knew he didn't have to be there, Jesus still said, if y'all would gather together, I'll show up myself. So I've been given the task real briefly this morning to talk to you about the power of being together. There's something powerful that happens when we are with one accord in one place. Because the only thing in creation that God said was not good, he said it's not good to be alone. And extroverts get this. They need people. They need to be out. They need to talk and interact. So to you extroverts, I'm just going to give you a purpose today. Because being together is more than about the party. It's about the purpose. And for us introverts, we've been okay at home. Isolation is no problem with us. We like being alone most of the time. For the most part, it's comfortable. There are no challenges. You don't have to expend any emotional energy. So to you introverts, I say, it don't matter that you like it. God said that it's not good for mankind to be alone. It's God said, do not neglect the assembling of yourselves together. We were created to be together. There's a power in being together. There's Family Life Month, and this is where we, we talk about marriage and parenting and the needs of different members in the family. And God said to tell those of you who have family that's in your home, whether it's from the couple to the quiver. In other words, some of y'all a couple. Some of y'all got a whole quiver. He said to make some time to gather together. He said, tell them, pull everyone out of their rooms, off of their phones, away from their personal TV program. Stop the video games and get everyone off of social media. Take that tablet or that phone from that little one. That's, and, and, and all y'all get in a room together. Talk together. Hear what's on each other's mind. Look into the eyes of your family members and put your hands on them. He said, there's a transfer that takes place. There's a bonding that takes place. There's a developing emotionally and spiritually. There's a spiritual connection that takes place and then God is in the midst he said there is a power when your words coupled with your presence is transmitted through your touch there's a power when your words couple with your presence and it's transmitted through your touch there's a power in being together so he says not giving up meeting together as some are in the habits of doing but encouraging one another then he said and all the more as you see the day approaching, this day was a capital day, meaning the day of the Lord. We know 
that what we're seeing in this world right now is a sign that we probably won't be here much longer. The day is approaching. The Bible says the closer we get to the day of our Lord, the second coming of Christ, we need to gather together more, not less. Now, he knew that the day would be a day where there's computers and the World Wide Web and telecommunication and virtual learning, but he puts this scripture in here for a reason. He says, gather more as you see the day approaching. And I believe this is one of the reasons, Sharonda, that there's been a movement towards small groups. Because there was something that the mega church and the big screens and the broadcast don't do. There's a power of being together with one accord in one place. And he said it's the same with your families. Couples, you need to break away and be together in one place. Families, you need to do a family meal every now and then. You need a game night. You need a family meeting. You need some check-ins. Fathers, take your kid to lunch. Mothers, get the kids in the car. Drive somewhere and just sit with them. You adult children. You need to go by your parents' house or bring them to your house or go to a place and look at each other eye to eye and glean from their wisdom. All of y'all need to pull everybody together and go to granny's house sometime. And grandparents, call your family together and mentor your grandchildren. Mentor them. If you got it right now, it might not be safe. So go outside if outside is safer. Why? Because there's a power that is released when we are together, especially in his name. Now, I said there was something mega church and big streets and broadcasts don't do this. There's something that, that when you got your family separated in rooms that, 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 that you do. I told you that your words are coupled with your presence and it's transmitted through your touch. So here's one thing that you can only get when you gather together, and that's the laying on of hands. There's a poem in Colored Girls that says, I was missing something, something so important, something promised, a laying on of hands. There's a reason that Jesus touched people. There's a reason that fathers blessed their children by laying on of hands. There's a reason that the parents brought the children to Jesus for him to touch them. There's a reason that the woman said, if I could just touch his clothes. And yes, the word is powerful. And yes, you can be healed if you believe without anybody touching you. But there is a release in power and effectiveness and life change when there's a combination of your word, your presence, and your touch. Keep telling y'all, God is relational. He sees me. He talks to me. He blesses me. He sends me a word. He also is present with me. And he touches me. And he believes in gathering. He believes in gathering so much that he sent the Holy Spirit to live in us. He believes in gathering so much that he inhabits the praises of his people. He likes being with us in a place. So why gather? Because sometimes God only deals with an appointed place. In the Bible, it might have been a mountain. It may have been a tent of meeting. It might have been a temple or it might have been an altar. But God appoints places. Bethlehem was an appointed place. You're going to meet him that night, you had to be in Bethlehem. The cross, Calvary, was an appointed place. Uh, the upper room where the Holy Spirit fell was an appointed place. Only the people, the only people that received the Holy Ghost that day was those that were in the appointed place. Y'all ever heard people say, you just had to be there? You just had to be there. There's an energy, there's an experience, there's an atmosphere, there's a connection, there's a power, there's a life force. You can't duplicate it, you can't recreate it, you can't conjure it up by yourself. Tell somebody you just had to be there. The world knows that. That's why they have concerts and games and rallies, because you'll sit in the nosebleed section. 
even when the, same, the game is on TV. You'll sit in a nosebleed session. You can't even see the band. And you can get the whole band on a YouTube channel. But people go to these places and gather together because sometimes you just got to be there. So don't let the devil convince you into staying home. Sometimes you got to be there when it's an appointed place, especially when it's an anointed place. So let me cut to the chase here because I need y'all to pray this for me. This is the house of God. This is the anointed place. It is a place that's been set aside and blessed and dedicated for us to gather and be with him. Now, when Solomon built the temple, he, he asked God for some stuff to happen in that place. Ooh, I feel the anointing. That no matter what they did wrong, no matter what happened to the nation, no matter what happened to them, if a foreigner came and needed something, that if all they had to do is look towards that place. Solomon said, even if they just look towards this place, this anointed place, God, I need you to hear from heaven. I need you to forgive. I need you to fix the is issue. And after he prayed and dedicated the temple, this is what God said. I've heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. And I've hollowed this house. I've consecrated this house. That you have built to put my name there forever. And my eyes and my heart. In this appointed anointed place. He said my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. So why gather? Because when we dedicated this place to God. When we made this his house. We asked him to be here. These are his things. These are his words. This is the place where he works. We asked him to do some things in this house. Somebody say, in this house. We asked him to save in this house, to heal in this house, to deliver in this house. I'm doing some declaration right now. Y'all come with me. Set free in this house. Transform in this house. Empower in this. Encourage in this house. Indwell in this house. Appoint us in this house. Anoint us in this house. Hear us in this house. Forgive us in this house. Edify us in this house. Correct us in this house. Cleanse us in this house. Consecrate us in this house. Baptize us in this house. Fill us up in this house. Pour us out in this house. Make us right in this house. Meet us here in this house. Talk to us in this house. Touch us in this house. Let your presence be here in this house. There'll be some things that happen here that won't happen anywhere else. So why gather? Because there's power in being together. Why gather? So we can transfer on the laying of on of hands. Why gather? Because God has an appointed place. Why gather? Because God has an anointed place. And he said, truly I tell you, if you will gather in my name, there I am with them. Somebody say, there I am. If you bring your family together in the name of Jesus, he said, look up, there I am. If you get your community groups going, when you get back in the house, just look up, look over on the couch. There I am. If the church would gather together, oh, reach up in the atmosphere, tell them, there I am. 
If you need a healing, there I am. If you need collectively, y'all need a victory, there I am. If y'all need me to move a mountain, there I am. If y'all need me to raise up an army, then just gather together, there I am. There I am. Why gather? We will also move now into our time of giving, our time of giving tithe. Tithing, we believe here, is for worship is all. It is a part of our worship. It is a part of what we do in our obedience just to show God that we are obedient and that we love Him. There are three ways that you can give to our guests that have joined in. We are grateful that you are here and welcome into this place. You too also can give as those give that are members of our ministry. Three ways to give. You can give online at nuantia-aliante.org. Push the donate button and follow the prompts. Second way you can give is through text. Text 77977 to New Antioch. All one word and follow those prompts. And then you can also give through the standard mail system. Our address will, will be in the comments. It's 2550 Nature Park Drive, North Las Vegas, Nevada, 89084. We are grateful for those who continue to give. Grateful for your obedience in giving. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all ready for this today? Yeah. Pastor decided on the double header. Hallelujah. And so I guess I am the next batter that is up to bat. All right. For those of you who have joined me out here, I hope y'all ready because you getting double for your time, double for your trouble, double for being in the place today. For there is something that would only happen when you're in the place. We gonna share it with you all that you have joined with us. But she gonna preach like that and then tell me, now you go. Now what am I supposed to do? She left off on a hundred. Now where do I start? One on one? And so thank you, praise team. I'm gonna go ahead and launch off. I'm gonna go ahead and take off. If y'all feel me, Wayne, that mean I couldn't keep up with the 100 that she had turned up. But I am excited about the word of God on today. I am ready for it. Oh, but this word worked me. Let me tell you, Keith, it worked me. Um, but I told the Holy Spirit, all right, I got it. My sister texted me this morning and I hadn't talked to her. She texted me this morning and she said, you got this. She don't always text me when she knows I'm going to be up on a Sunday morning. But she said that God told her, just move. Just move with him. And so I'm ready to dip. I'm ready to slide. However you want to move on this afternoon, let's move then. So let's get right to the word. I want y'all to stand up. They're going to put it up. But I want you to say it loud with me. I want you to say this with me because this is what it's all about on this afternoon. Isaiah 58 and 1 in the New International Version. And it says, shout it aloud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and the descendants of Jacob their sins. You may have your seats. The uh, New King James Version said, cry aloud and spare not. Oh, 
Oh, I love it. I was excited even just by the reading of the word. We're in purpose. This is a place where you can meet Jesus, change your life, and find your purpose. Your purpose. That thing that you was meant to do, born to do, sent to do, kept to do. That purpose. The reason why you were written into God's story. The reason why he even bothered to put you on the mind and the heart of your mother and father. That thing. We're after purpose. And I tell you, we have been in a year that could just distract you from purpose. I don't know how many people have been able to keep their mind on purpose, but I'm telling you, God brought me back to purpose with this word. We have been in pursuit. We've talked about many of whys. Because it's all about your purpose. So there's some whys that we have to answer because we know you asking why. You asking why now and why this and why here and, and why them and, and why yes and why not. We already know you asking them. But in this season, Liv, there's another why that's on everybody else's heart and mind. They're they wondering why. And for the last month, everybody really, really has been all year, but it just not came to our back door. It came to our front door. It came to our families. And so another why that has come up in our pursuit is why protest? Why protest? Protest is on the heart and mind of everybody. There are many, many cities around our nation. Protests are happening all across the world. And so why, why protest? What is it with the protest? Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's thinking about it. Everybody's seeing it. But I don't know how many people are asking why protest. Protests are steeped in our history. We, we're known to protest in this nation and in this world. We, we can't even think back on us or, or think back on them without, without a protest. They have, they've been happening. Protests like uh, the, against the Vietnam War, protests for, for civil rights, protests for, for women's rights. And there have just been many, many protests. They keep on happening. People take to the streets. They want to get to the highest court in the land to say what they need to say. We need to appeal with you. We need some things to change. And so they take to the streets in protest. They want to make known their objection. They want to make known their disapproval. I'm, I'm in dissension with what is going on in the land and, and what is going on in the street. I want you to see it. I want you to hear it. And I want you to know that I am in objection and that I disapprove of what is happening in the land. Protest or a way to express outrage, anger, frustration, disappointment, disagreement, disgust, and hurt over mistreatment, inequality, injustice, racism, hate, and violence, protest. People get fed up. They get tired. They get frustrated. And they take to a place of protest. There are great men and women that have led protests and many more that have stood alongside those great men and women that have called them leaders of the protest, that have marched in the streets and, and raised their voices. Great men and women, too many to name. Of course, Dr. King comes to mind, but there have been many that have led these protests in the street that have said enough is enough, that have said I am fed 
club that has said something has got to change, but, but why protest? And so I was looking for an example to look at why, why, why protest. And again, there are many great names that come up in history that led some of the largest marches that have ever been put on record. But I found one that we usually don't liken to a protester. We, we don't put his name in this group. We don't put him out there as radical. We don't put him out there as going against the establishment and going against what has been done. But I tell you for our example on today, this is who we are going to use when we answer the question, why protest? We look to the originator, the one who did it best. The originator is God. Really, really, it's three, and, and I wish I had time because I would have broke it all the way down, but I'm going to rush through there. There really was three of them, and it was God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit because all three of them had their part. Somebody say, play your part. All three of them had their part in this protest, but for the sake of time, I'm going to go with the one because he staged the first protest. God has been in protest for mankind since the fall of man. Since we messed up, since we slipped up, since we disobeyed him, since Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden tree, he has been in protest with us, frustrated, fed up, showing his disapproval, objecting to the ways of man. He has been in protest. He has made his, his voice known. He has let it be known that I am upset about this, that I am not pleased with this, and something has to be done about this. He has been in, in protest. For us, for us individually. And so when I look at protest today, when we answer the question, why protest? I know it's on your hearts and minds, and I know what comes to mind. You're thinking about the recent protests. You're, you're thinking about the, the, the murder of George Floyd in the street. You're thinking about marches in every city almost in this nation or this state uh, and this nation has had one. But I want to bring us in and I want you to narrow your scope. I don't want your scope to be on a national level. I, I don't want it to be on one race of people. I, I don't want it to be that. I want you to dial it all the way in the way God dialed it all the way in for you. I want you to bring your, your why protest all the way down to yourself. It is Family Life Month, but we're going to do some self-care in this place on today. This protest, this why protest is about you individually on today. So bring it in and narrow your scope. Bring it all in. Go ahead and relax for a minute. Go ahead and stop posting on Facebook for a minute. Go ahead and stop saying who hates who and, and who's right and yelling at the church and picking this one against that one and let's just hone in on you and how's your protest why is your protest this is this is about you this morning so why did God protest why why do we need to to protest the first thing is to proclaim the problem we protest to make the problem known 
He didn't want this problem to be a secret. He needed you to understand what had happened and what was going on in you. And so he began to protest for you. He called out for you. He sent his judges. He sent his people for you. He said, cry loud and spare not. Shout out loud and don't hold back. Declare to the people their transgression. Declare what it is that they have done. He has come in protest to show his disapproval in us. Why protest? Because it's going to make the problem known. It's, it's going to open it up. It's not hidden in offices anymore. It's not hidden in back alleys anymore. It's not thrown away. The tapes aren't thrown away. It's being made known now what is happening. And so what about you? What about you? Have you made known your objection? Have you come into a place of protest about you? Is your only focus about what you see happening in the world? Or is there something in yourself that you can put that much vigor and that much fire behind? We are not a perfect people. But when it comes to getting behind something else or pointing the finger at somebody else, we can do it. We're yelling at everybody. No, let, let it burn. Let it burn down. Let them do it. But what about you? God did not allow you to burn down. He didn't say let it burn. He didn't say let it go. No, he staged your protest on your behalf because believe me, you are burning down. And some of you are still burning down. And you need to come into a place of protest for yourself. For yourself, you need to object. You need to show your disapproval. You need to show your own dissent about what is happening in your life. You need to cry out and say, enough is enough of me. I am fed up with me. I am fed up with my evil and wicked ways. I am fed up with not growing. I'm fed up with being immature. I am fed up with the way that I act. I am fed up with this brokenness. We need to cry and protest for ourselves. I am fed up with this lack, with this poverty. I am fed up with the way that I am, with this illness. Have we come into a place a protest. It's not only about the street, but it's about you and what is happening. It is time for us to cry aloud. To cry for self-control. To cry for healing of brokenness. It is time for us to shout aloud that we can no longer live like we're living. No longer live in abusive situation. No matter the abuser. Even if the abuser is you. You need to declare that you can no longer live in an abusive situation. This is on you this morning. How is your protest? It is time for us to protest. It is time for us to protest this addictive behavior. You need to expressly and manifestly stand up against it. Make it known that you disapprove. Are we not doing that? Oh, we'll come out in the street and we'll make all kind of noise and everybody will know what we object. But what about that thing in you? What about that thing in you? And so we need to take to our protest, raise our fist, shake it in the face of this adversity that is holding us down and declare and proclaim that you will not be hidden in me anymore. We need to proclaim. I want healing, and when do I want it? 
Come on. I want self-control. And when do I want it? I want freedom. And when do I want it? Come on. I want peace. And when do I want it? I want courage. And when do I want it? We need to declare for ourselves what it is that we want, that this healing. Declare that it is so. If you're going to protest, protest. I want healing and I want it now. I want freedom and I want it now. I want to be free from fear and I want it now. My God, in the name of Jesus, I am willing to protest and make it known. I bring it out of the shadows. I give it no power. My God, in the name of why protest? To make the problem known. Why protest? To cause correction. God didn't send the prophets and his word to just proclaim the problem. The cry and the shout is to cause correction. It's not just to stand in the street and make a whole bunch of noise, but there is a correction that must come from all of it. He is telling us uh, to turn from our evil and wicked ways. He didn't just say talk about it. He didn't just say recognize it. There is a turn that has to come. There is a change that has to come. There is a correction that has to happen. And so we fight for all kinds of other things. We demand change, the right to vote. The right to equal rights. We're demanding change to stop dying in the street at the hands of police officers. We are demanding change. Well, the same is the same for you. Are you demanding any change? Are you in a place of enough is enough? Or are you comfortable? Are you that protester that only hides in the crowd? But when the going gets tough, they don't know what happened to you. Are you that one that only has a loud voice? But when it comes down to change, you're not willing to change. Are you the one that makes it look good for the crowd and look good for the camera? But when it comes down to really changing, you have no change. That's not what this change is. Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit protested to cause correction. We have to be willing to change our own. Remember, this protest is about you. And so on this afternoon, we're recognizing what is in us and what needs to change in us. I can't tell you what you need to protest about. There are some of us that are protesting in the last month, some of us not. Some of us protested for women's rights, some of us didn't. Hey, some of us protested for gay rights and some of us didn't. Some of us protested that we would have the right to vote, the right to live, but some of us didn't. So I can't tell you what to protest for, but I'm telling you what God did. I'm looking at the original of the protest and so this is for us to change why protest to cause correction to lay aside the comfort the complacency the laziness and procrastination to stand in a place and demand it of yourself that change will come you're demanding it for everybody else and you demanded it in the street but what about you Demand that you're coming out of that comfortable place. Demand that you're coming out of that lazy place. Demand that you're coming out of that procrastinating place. Demand that it does not stand a chance against your protest. That something will change. Make up your mind that I won't move until something change. 
I'll come out and protest every day if I have to, every night if I have to. There are some folk that are serious about the protest. And even if you look in the street now, some of the cities have just died down. And there's not very many left. But there are some people that have said, I haven't seen the change. And I'll stand out here until change comes. There was one lone officer in his military uniform standing all by himself outside of the crowd with a sign on demanding change. I'm just not a, a, a go with the crowd type of person, but I am going, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing to protest until there is a change for me. I don't know about you, but we need to protest. No change, no peace. No change, no peace. Y'all not ready? No change, no peace. Because you're not going to have no peace in and of yourself until you declare that you are going to be a different person. No change, no peace. No change, no peace. No change in these habits. No change in these behaviors. No peace. No change in what holds me bound. No peace. We need to declare that it is so in our protest. No change, no peace. Why protest? To produce a plan. What comes out of a protest? If it's done right, is a plan. Proclaiming the problem is a good start. We let everybody know what's happening. Crying out for correction is good. We need to change. But how are we going to get there if we do not have a plan? We're looking at the originator. Can I tell you that he crafted a plan from the very beginning? That he didn't even start the protest without a plan. He said that I have a way, I have a way to get him out. I have a way to make this happen. I have a way that I'm going to save them. And so he created a plan from the very beginning. You go back and look. It was all three of them. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, let me do my part. Let me get in on this part. Let me be in on the plan. And Jesus said, I'll take this part of the plan. Everybody has to be willing to work the plan. Are you willing to to work the plan. Don't just shout out loud. Just don't say a change gonna come. What's the plan that the change is going to come? My God, in the name of Jesus, God had an action plan. He had an action plan. Jesus was the plan. The protest. Jesus knew that this plan was gonna cost him his life. There is something that we have to understand. Pastor talked about it last week. Yourself, as you know yourself, is going to have to die. Yourself, as you know yourself, is going to have to die. You're going to have to put it down. Because it keeps coming up. It keeps causing problems. It keeps wanting to live. You're going to have to put that flesh under and keep it under. You're going to have to get that enemy out of your life and out of your face. You're going to have to come up with the plan of how you are going to do it. Hey, let me talk to you about the plan. They had a plan for Jesus to come, to sacrifice his life for our sin. That was the plan. I know how to save them. We're going to save them like this. The plan was a peaceful plan. It was not supposed to be violent. 
it wasn't supposed to be the way that it got. When they came to arrest him, Peter was like, no, not like this. Even though Jesus was staging a protest and it was supposed to be peaceful, Peter cut off the ear of one of the men that came to arrest Jesus. They don't understand sometimes in a protest. There are wild cards and the people will get in it. It wasn't supposed to be like that, Liz. But it got wild and it got ugly. They're looking at some of these protests and they don't understand why it got like that and why it's not peaceful. Sometimes it's just the people. It wasn't the way it was supposed to be. But Jesus decided to stay anyhow. He kept going anyway. There wasn't supposed to be blood like that on the street. There wasn't supposed to be humiliation. His blood would be shed, but it didn't have to be like that. But that was the protest. And sometimes the protest ain't pretty. And sometimes the protest turns ugly. And I want you to see Jesus walking down the street. And many have been walking down the street and endured the throwing of objects and endured the tear gas. He was already beaten. He was already bloody, but he was insistent on keeping the protest. And so he carried his weight and he did it for you and he protested for you. And I need you to understand and I, I need you to see what he did for you that he kept going. And so now what about your protest? Do you have it to keep going? Do you have it to keep going when people throw stuff at you? Do you have it to keep going when the enemy throws stuff at you? Do you have it to keep going when it didn't work out? This wasn't the plan. It wasn't supposed to happen like this. If they would have just turned, if they just would have received it, if they just would have received salvation, turned from their evil and wicked ways, then maybe we didn't have to go through all of this. But when the plan, when your protest doesn't turn out the way that it should, can you keep going? Will you keep going? When you slip up and have another drink, when you slip up and go back to the casino, when the enemy throws your ex back up in your face, can you keep going? Can you keep up the protest? Will you declare that this change will happen in my life? Whatever it is that you're fighting for, this is a protest about you. Why protest? To produce the plan and keep it. Even when it changes, I will not stop. I will keep going even when it gets uncomfortable. I'm in it. I'm in this protest because it's for me. He stays your protest for me and I'm going to stay in it. Why protest? Because your purpose requires protest. This is all about your purpose. Your purpose, whatever it might be, requires your protest. You cannot say yes to everything. There are some things that you are going to have to object to because they don't come in line with your purpose. There are some things that you are going to have to fight against that do not line up with your purpose. It doesn't serve you. And so where is your protest? For everyone who says, oh, I don't, I don't like to protest. I, I, I just like to go along to get along. You'll never make it. 
you won't reach it. You won't reach it. Because the enemy has plans to throw you off of your path of purpose. There are people in this world that have plans to throw you off your path of purpose. That flesh that you live inside of every day got plans to throw you off your purpose. You have to come into a place of ejection even against your own flesh. Even against your own will and that thing that you want to do. Your purpose requires protest. It's a constant that we have to get to. And so how did God protest? How did he protest? Persistently and consistently. He was persistent. And I want us to understand on anything that you're trying to obtain, persistence will get it. You'll get it by being persistent. You'll only keep it by being consistent. Nobody just wants to grab a hold of something to say I was persistent enough to get it, but I wasn't consistent enough to keep it. Oh, my gosh. How many of us have been in that I was persistent enough to get it, but I wasn't consistent enough to keep it? Consistence is the only way that you are going to keep it. And so I'm, I'm looking at the fight, Liv. The national fight, the worldwide fight, and the fight within myself. And right now we're persistent. We're persistent on the change that we want to see, the things that we want to happen. But it's not going to work until we are consistent. There's a consistent fight that has to happen in the spirit. Why? Because we have a consistent enemy and we have a persistent enemy. And therefore, we cannot let down our card on this. Why protest? Why protest? Because it's about our purpose. I'm ready, Donnie. I want you to understand that as we protest here in the natural, here in the land, that we're protesting to the highest government, to the highest law, that we might get a change. That's, that's what they're protesting for. Each protest that goes forward, they're, they're petitioning for a change. But can I tell you that the highest law in all creation is protesting for you? That he is calling for you. That he has been so persistent and so consistent that even right now he's still in protest. The protest that started with Adam and Eve. That God is still in protest for this earth. Still showing his objections. Still saying I disapprove. Still working out a plan. The Holy Spirit is doing his part of the plan now. Because he's still moving on the hearts of men and women. He is, he's still filling people up with his spirit. It's, it's his part now. Somebody say, do your part. The Holy Spirit is not doing his part. God did his part. Jesus did his part. The Holy Spirit is not doing his part. Moving in sanctuaries. Moving on people. Moving in us. And so I ask you again, how's your protest? And this is about you. I understand the anger by what people see. But what about you? For our young adults, for our teenagers that's in here, this is for you too. 
because you have to stand up and come into disagreement on some things. You can't just keep going along to get along and everything is all right with you. It can't be all right with you. I know you guys are watching what's happening on the TV, but can I tell you there's another protest that should be happening in your life? You should be protesting for the things of God. You should be protesting against the things that go against your purpose. The same thing with all of you who have joined us on Facebook Live. There is a protest that should be happening in your life. A persistent and a consistent protest that is happening. Some of you have found yourself in a place where you are refusing to proclaim what the problem is. You have to declare it. Put a voice to it. Shout aloud and spare not. Cry out and spare not that I will not continue to live in this place. I will take up my place of protest for the highest in the land, the creator of all is in protest for me and I will meet him in my protest. As he protests for me, I won't let him down. I won't back out. I won't go into hiding. I'll declare a change is going to come in my life. The Lord told me that today there will be someone who has gone through a recent divorce. And that you need to come into a place of protest. That you will be whole and that you will be healed. And that this does not get to tie you up and bind you. The Lord told me to tell you that there is life on the other side of this. That if you can find it in yourself to get into a place of protest, to keep going no matter what the way Jesus did. Because there were some things thrown at him. There were insults. He was beaten, but he kept going. And so I need you to know on today that God has sent a message specifically for you. There was also another person, another individual that is bound by alcoholism. You don't see a way out. But can I tell you that God is in protest for you? That even right now on this afternoon that he has sent a word for you. That you might understand that he has not left you alone. And so while you are angered and don't understand what has happened in this world, he says, what about you? Don't only look to the national news and the worldwide news. He said, I'm looking right at you and I see your struggle. But he wants you to know that there is a way out. And that the Holy Spirit, who is our ever-present help, is doing his part. You are not alone. That he will send people to stand with you. That the Holy Spirit will come and be beside you, for he is our help. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. There is another young adult that is struggling with life, struggling with where to belong, feeling displaced. I don't even know where I'm supposed to be. I don't, I don't feel in place at home, and I don't feel in place with my friends. Well, God sent a word for you on today. If you can find the strength just to come into a place of protest, give voice to it. God, I don't like this place and I don't like feeling how I feel. That you will come into a place with God and say, I need help. He said, I'm still standing for you. I'm still here for you. Healing is possible. A place of comfort is possible. 
Uh, young adults, you don't have to feel lost. You don't have to feel displaced. It's been a tough few months for you. But God has sent a message for you on today to allow you to know that he is still standing for you in all that is going on. He doesn't only see the big things, the big issues, but that he sees right down to the individual, that he sees right through to the heart of you, that he hasn't left you, and that you're able to stand in this and through this. And there's one other individual. Pastor talked about it in her message. You're in a struggle. Because you've been gone for too long. You've moved away. Moved away from God. Moved away from the fellowship. It's a struggle for you to return. For some of you, we've, we've invited you to come back to church. And it's not because you're concerned about COVID. It's because your heart is in a different place. You've become distracted. You've become comfortable. I need you to know that the God of this universe is still standing in a place of protest for you. He's not approving of this. He's objecting to this. And he needs you back in the fellowship. Why? Because that is your safe place. That's your covering. It's not about you just coming to church. The place, the anointed place, the appointed place saves your life. And so he needs you to know that he sent this word for you on today. You that's sitting out there that's awfully comfortable in your home. I need you to recognize what's familiar. I need you to recognize that the enemy is cozying up with you. I need you to know that the flesh has come into a relaxed place and that he's going to fight you to get up. But the Holy Spirit is doing his part and you have help to stand. He's always sent men and women of God after his people. He's always had a word in the land. So you can get it right here at New Antioch. But there's plenty of word coming all over the place in this city, in this nation, even out of the country. You can turn on it and find God's people standing in protest because he's still in protest for you. And so I'm praying for all of us to come into a place of persistency and consistency to stand in a place of protest. And for you, individual, that are just not sure if you're in relationship with him, this is for you on today. This word has come for you. The word that Pastor Parsons shared is for you. If you don't know God like that, if you know that you need to know him, when I tell you that the creator of the universe is standing in protest, it means more than all of those people in the streets that are standing in protest. His voice is more powerful than all of the voices in the world put together. And he's standing for you, calling you out of that place, calling you out of that dark place, calling you into a healed place. Stop thinking that you can handle this by yourself. You cannot. He's calling you into a safe place with him. You've tried everything else anyway. And so now he's saying, give me a try. Let me come into your heart. 
Let me stand with you as you stand against what has happened and what has gone on in your life. As you stand against this sadness, I just keep seeing that people are just so very sad. So as you are in this place, you don't have to be in this place alone. Give voice to it. Proclaim the problem. Don't hide. Why? Because it pleases the enemy when you hide. Why? Because he gets to have you all to himself. But if you proclaim that problem, then you invite help in. You invite God in. And so if that is you on this afternoon and you're saying, I, I know I need some help. I know I need something else. I don't even know if I have the strength to protest my own life by myself. Then we're inviting you to come into the fellowship, to come into the gathering. There is power in the gathering. There is help in the gathering. We're inviting you to come in. And so if you are out there, or if you know that there is someone that I am specifically talking about, share this video with them, tag them in it so that they can come into a place of healing and wholeness so that we can protest the right way for our own lives, not only for the nation, not only for the cause, but for your own cause. And so if you are accepting him in your life for the first time today, repeat this prayer. Or if you are if you're saying, I need to rededicate because I'm one of those people who have moved away, turned my heart, got distracted, doing other things, got awfully comfortable out here. Then repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me. I believe you sent your son for me. I believe that I am a part of the protest to save humanity. Come into my heart. I'll make you my Lord and Savior. Forgive me, God. I know that I have messed up, but I am willing to start new with you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have said that prayer with us, um, it's a new day for you. A new beginning has already started if you did that. We do have a book that we want you to read if you have said that prayer. We'll just send it to you. But it tells you the next steps. We want you to connect with the ministry. Hey, you, we, we will have you over here. This is a great place to be. But don't stand out there by yourself. Connect to a ministry. A ministry of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Do that. But do raise your hand, put it in the comments. Hey, I said that prayer. I need that book. And I believe that my life is starting afresh today. And for the rest of us that are in this place, let's just pray together because we all need to come into a place of protest. We all got some things that we need to shine a light on. We all got some things that we need to create a plan for because we all have purpose to carry out and we don't want anything to get in our way. Father God, I say thank you for those, oh God, who will come into a place of agreement to understand, oh God, that you have been in protest for the men and women of God since the beginning of time, that you have a plan for us, that you have purpose for us, God, that we will stand and go with you. God, give us the will, the might, the strength, and the know-how, oh God, to give voice, oh God, to cry aloud, my God, in the name of Jesus, that, oh God, which has transgressed us, that which is holding us bound, that which we cannot shake, 
make on our own. Give us cause, oh God, to object to it, to disapprove of it. My God, in the name of Jesus, that we declare that we are free and free indeed. My God, in the name of Jesus. And so we said, thank you, oh God, for a mind to protest for ourselves, a mind, oh God, to look in. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, that we might be pleasing to you, oh God, that we might answer the call of your protest, that we might come into a place of change. God, we said thank you for what it is that you will do in our lives and to everyone in the sanctuary and connected on this prayer line. And we are grateful that we serve a God that is yet in protest for us, that is yet fighting for us. We bless your name, Father, and we say thank you, God. My God, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Since he changed me, never be the same. Since he changed me, I'll never be the same. What an awesome service today. Amen. We thank God for all of you that came that are being here. I don't know about you, but I'm launching a protest. Amen. I, I, I have to launch it a little differently. I've been in protest. But I tell you what, the enemy is not going to rest. There will be no peace between me and the devil. There will be no peace because we are going to demand a change. I want freedom, and I want it now. Amen. And I got a plan. I love that. I could preach that part before God protested. He already had a plan. Anyway, there was too much in that. I'm not going to re-preach it. But we thank God for you being here today. We just want to share with you again. Uh, we would love to have you be part of our church body. You need a church home. You need somebody that can hold you and that you can grow with. There's some things that only happen when we gather together. Amen. We want to protest with you. We don't like what the devil's doing in your life, and we are here to fight with you. So please inbox us and uh, put it in the comments. We'd love to have you as part of our ministry. We will be back here next Sunday, same time. It is Father's Day. So we're going to be inviting most of the fathers. If you filled it out and said that you were ready to come back uh, to service in June, then we're going to have you and your families uh, to come. And we're going to have an all-male service next Sunday. It is going to be exciting. All-male service. Uh, so that the men of God are going to, to present and preach to you and sing to you and talk to you. Amen. So for Father's Day, so we're going to invite the fathers to come out with their families uh, until we get up to the 50 people. Uh, so please tune in. Those so ladies, uh, we're going to, we're not, we're not with daddy or hubby. Uh, we're going to, we're going to let them have it uh, on uh, next week. And so please come back for our Father's Day celebration and celebrate the men of God. I also want to put in a plug for uh, what we call CGR Leadership uh, Christian Gents Reign, Church Girls Rule. And I, I, this morning we don't have as many people because it's a different kind. We're not taking you to the beach and, to the, uh, on a, on, and put you in a hotel like we usually do. We have to stay in town. We have to do it at the church. But uh, I almost, uh, we're at about 20. We're trying to get at 40. If they're going to eighth grade, 
um, or all the way through high school, including 2020 graduates. I'm asking you again. I prayed about it this morning, and God told me to fight for our children. There was another incident last night, uh, another whatever you want to call it. Some people call it murder. Some people call it whatever you want to call it. It was another one last night, and our kids have been full of this. They've been sitting at home. They've been going just going through the social media and all of the things and we have to take opportunity to pour truth into our children we have got to raise up an army that is going to make a change that is going to spread this gospel that's what we're trying to do and God told me to fight for them fight for those children he said some of this is the enemy why these kids don't want to come and some of it is the enemy why the parents don't want to send it. And I'm saying this to parents and the parents that are in here. You are absolutely wrong to make a kid get up and go to school at 6 o'clock in the morning, but you won't bring them out and you're going to give them a choice whether they get to come to church stuff. You are absolutely wrong. Some of you don't want to get your kids up early. They don't want to get up early, so you tell them they don't have to come. But you don't do that for school. You don't do that for other stuff. That's not teaching them the truth. We're trying to pour. We're going to pour leadership into your kids. They're going to talk about worship. They're going to talk about influence and leadership and how to dominate their lives and their money. There's so much that we teach uh, the children. I'm fighting for you to bring them. If you're in here, I'm fighting for you to bring them. Don't let the money keep you away. Call me. Y'all know that my staff hates it when I do that. But I am fighting for your children. And you are absolutely wrong to give them the choice of whether they want to come or not because you don't do that for school and we are do what we're doing is infinitely eternally more important than whatever that stuff is they're teaching them at school you are absolutely wrong parents and so if you're going to pay five or six hundred dollars for them to play football and you don't have anything when it comes to their church education you are absolutely wrong and I want the Holy Spirit to convict you and give us a week. I didn't have them during spring break. I, we didn't get to do all of the things we've done, but we have enough opening so that we can pour into 40 young people. Please let me have your children this week. Me and the staff that is doing this, we've got, we got people coming in from all over the city to talk to your young people this week. We got Vernon Fox coming. We got Anton Dawson coming to teach the guys worship. We got Kay Ashley coming to teach the, the women worship. We got Casina Boone coming. We have uh, Devontae Manor coming. We have Tara Manor coming. We have Anthony Manor coming. So the manners are flowing up in here. They know how to help children to change their lives. We have uh, uh, Pastor Erica is teaching something for the girls and the guys, teaching them how to not be uh, mediocre, how to, uh, it's just, I'm going to be here. Pastor Sharonda, we're going, uh, we're bringing not only the best of the community, but we're also bringing uh, the best of our church to pour into uh, the kids and all the staff, the youth staff are in as well. Uh, it's my personal ministry, but my church is always, we roll together, so they always got my back, and we, we need your children. It's Tuesday through Friday, 8 to 5. Don't let them sit at home all week watching TV and playing video games when God is providing something life-changing for them. And so I'm fighting for it. I'm fighting for it. I'm fighting for it. Don't give them a choice. We'll work about it. They have such an attitude when they get there. We've been dealing with attitudes forever. I'm a psychologist. I do that for it. I deal with y'all attitude. I can deal with your kids' attitude. 
and I, I, I want this opportunity. If there has never been a year that we need to do this leadership camp, it's this year. This is the year we have to grab their hearts and minds. All right, that's, that's the end of me begging until I get your phone number and I will be calling you. Praise God. Amen. Other than that, don't forget your giving. We're going to give at newantioch-aliante.org. Newantioch-aliante.org. Please don't, don't forget your giving, your tithing, your offering, and giving to the rally. Uh, and if you want to register your children, you still have time before Tuesday. Do it today. Do it, do it today. Um, and again, if, if money is the issue, give me a call. Uh, but let's do... Um, I got another fresh donation today, and she never lets me know. Want me, want me to let y'all know, but I, I, I got, you know who you are. I got your donation today. It, it will help us uh, to, to, uh, to get these children. Go to cgrleadership.org, and it'll take you to it, cgrleadership.org. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We will see you. Don't forget prayer in the morning, every morning, 7 a.m. on this page, every morning at 7 a.m. And so, finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, and live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Greet one another with a wave. Waving at all, you all. I wish I could hug you. I wish I could kiss you. But I'm waving at all of you all. Thank you all for coming back. Greet one another with a holy wave. All the saints here salute you. Y'all holler at them. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope this message really reached you. If you'd like to know more about our campuses, you can visit our central campus at newantioch.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dot org. Or for our Aliante campus, you can visit us at newantioch-aliante.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dash A-L-I-A-N-T-E. If you'd like to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do so by texting New Antioch to 77977 for Aliante Campus, or for Central Campus, it's New Antioch Central at 77977. Thank you.